0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the NBA front office show. We've got a lot going on around the NBA and... This weekend we've got my MLS side, the LA Galaxy, here taking on Orlando FC, SC, I should say, which is kind of sort of Keith's team. So I thought I'd rock a little LA Galaxy gear for you here today, Keith. If I had known, I would have gone and put my Orlando City hat on, <laughs> and at least would have cleaned up my messy,
2: uh, way overdue for a haircut hair today. But uh, but yeah, man, it's uh, yeah, it'll be fun. I. I'll be completely honest I did not know <laughs> until you told me um but I will uh I'll add that to the list if I can fit it in around uh March Madness and NBA games and everything the tournament tipped off today and shout out to the front office show fans who filled up our mm-hmm. bracket uh pool there there's uh, over 80 of you in there so that, that's pretty cool so happy to see uh, all you guys in there and uh, all the best to everybody's brackets and uh we're a couple in, Michigan and Providence win. So uh, Providence coached by one of my former high school teachers. So, uh, which is just a cool aside. And they're the team I'm
1: rooting for in the, this year's uh, tournament. Just a little bit going on in the sports world right now, huh? We've got MLB free agency, just NFL bit. free agency, yeah. March Madness, NBA basketball. It's just, it's, it's crazy. And then you're, and then we're still keeping up with the MLS. We've got stuff going on in the, in the MCU, it's, it's oh, a busy man. time, man. It, it is a busy Shout time. Shout
2: out to the person in the YouTube comments who said, I want Trevor and Keith, how much do I have to pay <laughs> to do a, a half-hour Marvel show? You're going to get it not going to get it until until the summer so you're you're probably about five months or so away uh it'll be sometime in august i imagine that we will uh get around to that but we will do it i promise
1: see kids, we gotta start offering like some premium content or something like that we'll, we'll create really? like a substack <laughs> or something or a patreon for the show and and we'll get into some of the the, the extra stuff like that maybe that, that'll be something that's in the future but for right now
2: yeah <laughs> oh, man okay. in
1: terms of the nba um we need to start with this and this is it's a, it's a little bit of maybe a controversial subject around the NBA, in part because it involves sure. a superstar player. Uh, last night, the Warriors and the Celtics. Celtics played great and, and got the win against the Warriors, but Steph Curry gets hurt in the game. Uh, Marcus Smart dives on a, a loose ball, rolls up on Curry's ankle, and now he's going to be out for a while. I, hope, I mean, there's optimism he'll be back come playoff time, but this is a, obviously a major blow. I mean, one of the best players in the NBA. It's a huge blow to the Golden State Warriors. And Steve Kerr was pretty heated during the game. He was not happy with Marcus Smart. Um so there's there's different opinions out there on this play. Some people saying Marcus Smart mm-hmm. is it was it was a dirty play, some people saying it was not. And Keith, I I would assume from the Celtic side of things, you would say it, it is not a dirty play by Marcus Smart.
2: It wasn't. I mean he dove for a loose ball in in. I've seen people say, and then he turned, then he rolled over. He rolled over to pass. Like you can't dive on your stomach and then make a pass from your stomach. You're going to roll over to pass the ball. And it was just, it was kind of that bang, bang thing. I'll also say too, Draymond green came out after and said, wasn't a Mm -hmm. dirty play. You know, he, that's what Marcus Smart does. Um, I think what exacerbated things was just, you know, only about a minute later, uh, he committed a flagrant foul where he— He, he like, karate I, kicked. I, I, honestly, I don't know—yeah, I don't know what he was trying to do, um, but he ended up kicking Clay mm-hmm. Thompson um, on a play where Thompson basically got down— Put a pretty good up fake, smart one up, and and I'm not sure what he was trying to accomplish. But he kicked him. They called it a flagrant one, as they should have. And again, Draymond Green said, "Hey, somebody who's kicked a guy, (laughs) (laughs) it happens." Now, (laughs) Draymond Green's kicked people a couple times. Once was not a, uh, yeah, once was definitely one of them was not an it happens uh, thing. Probably the most famous time it happened for him. But uh, yeah, I think too, it was also Steve Kerr. I think did what you should do as a coach mm-hmm. in the moment he was trying to protect this guy and he was fired up and, you know, he kind of let Marcus smart hear it, and smart kind of went back at him a little bit. And they talked a little bit on the floor and then they talked right after the game. There's a picture of curse cut his arm around mm-hmm. him, and they're both kind of smiling and laughing. And then curse said after, you know, Maybe I shouldn't have said it was dirty, it was reckless, and those kind of things. It sparked a whole lot of stuff on Twitter about, you know, should diving on the floor even be a thing? And, you know, and that it's, it's, that's not a conversation I think I really want to get into because it's just, I mean, whether you like it or not, it is kind of a part of the game. But yeah, it's, it's, it overall, and I said this, anybody who follows me will see it. It sucks that Steph Curry got hurt. Steve Kerr did the right thing. Marcus Smart's going to die for loose balls. You know, they talked it out. If they're good, we should all move on now.
1: So the the kick, it, in some ways, it wasn't nearly the same play, but it, it reminded me of, do you remember that Bruce Bowen play? From from back in the day, they yeah, like yeah, the yeah. flying karate kid. Yeah. Who did he kick? Wasn't it like Wally Zerbiak or somebody like that?
2: Uh, somebody, maybe, anyway,
1: yeah. somebody like pump fakes, and he winds up doing like and this a,
2: still looks worse. The still picture that's yeah. going around on Twitter because it looks like Smart like jumped yeah. up with Smart was in the air and kicked his legs out, which again I don't know what he was trying to yeah. accomplish. He tried to explain he was trying to you know knock a ball away or, t- but like you don't. Play like that
1: with your feet yeah. in the air. Like that's just you know crazy. But yeah. Um just silly. On the curry thing, I need to need to preface this. So going into that play. So before I because I saw all the, the buzz about it, and so going into it, I, I sat down to watch and I thought, Okay, so I'm looking at this from the perspective of I saw a similar play happen to LeBron James last year. And in my mm-hmm. mind, I think it took it took away the MVP from LeBron last season. That was the yeah, the, the polls and everything that were out at that moment had LeBron in the lead for MVP. He got hurt. Not saying that Jokic was not absolutely deserving, but in my mind, yeah. that that play, that injury took away the MVP. So that's that's my perspective going in. I've already kind of got that in the back of my mind. And when the play first occurred, I went, "Ooh, that didn't look good." That to me, I went. Smart went through his legs. Then I saw the other angle. And, and you go back and you can go frame by frame and you watch Smart's eyes. He never once looks over at Curry. He never once tries yep. to see where he's at. His eyes are straight to the ball. Hands go straight to the ball. It was like a goalkeeper in soccer, diving straight for, for the ball. I don't think he, number one, I don't think he knew exactly where Curry was. And I don't think there was any intent to go through his legs or anything like that. The initial play yep. from the initial angle, I went, Oh, that's not good. But as soon as you saw the other angle, I went, "Oh, okay." This was clearly that wasn't the case. And then afterwards, I thought Marcus Smart, in his post game and his his walk off interview, I thought he was incredibly genuine in terms of his explanation of what happened and expressing the remorse he did for for Curry getting hurt and and all of that sort of stuff. So, um, all in all, yeah, I think it's I think it's nothing. I don't think it was something that was on purpose. I think it's unfortunate that happened, but. I really, and again, coming in from the perspective of, you know, and coming in from a Lakers side of things already. So there's bias, there's bias there, plus seeing the, a similar play happen to LeBron. I'm looking, I can't fault Marcus Smart for that for that play at all. It was just, it was a basketball play and, and things like that happen sometimes.
2: Yeah. I, I will also say too, only moments before that, there was a play where, Jeremiah Green dove for a loose ball where Grant Williams was already on it. And again, I'm not faulting Jeremiah Green, but like we can't it can't be a double standard. Yep, right. Either diving into guys on the floor is bad or it's not. And, you know, and it, it's I I get it like it sucks that Stephen Curry got hurt. It's it's really, really awful. So, you know, I'm hopeful this is one of those things where they kind of. Get into it and they're like, all right, this is gonna be a uh you know, they they said indefinite, but in the reporting they're hoping he'll be back in a couple more you know, a couple games left mm-hmm. in the regular season. It sounds like and clearly they're not gonna push him at all. So, you know, flipping over to the basketball yes. side of things and the impact on the Warriors, clearly you can't lose Stephen Curry and you know, say it's not a big deal, because obviously it is. Um, they are now a full game behind the Grizzlies. Um they're still three and a half up on the jazz and the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. So I think they're probably okay there. It probably does put a little more pressure on Draymond green to play, you know, mm-hmm. a little longer and those kind of things. Um, you know, I don't think they're in any kind of position where they make any kind of move with their roster. There's one, there's just, there's not a move to really to, to be made. That's going to be impactful now uh, this late in the season, but yeah, it's uh, they're probably still going to get that three seed, maybe the two seed, if, the Grizzlies stumble, but it's you know, that that's the the downside, right? Is you're, you know, now we're without stuff for what's probably my guess is at least a couple weeks.
1: I, I think the biggest thing is for the standings, it just makes it that much less likely that the Warriors reclaim that two seed from the Grizzlies and makes it more likely that they stay at three. Um
2: Yeah, they need the Grizzlies to play yeah. poorly.
1: No. And the yeah. Grizzlies have won yeah. four straight, which is the longest lose or winning streak. Sorry, in the West right now. So that doesn't that yeah. doesn't help Golden State's efforts, but and that could set us up potentially right now for a round one Golden State versus Denver matchup, which would be pretty intriguing if that's the way mm-hmm. the chips fall. Come uh, come playoff time.
2: Yeah, without a doubt.
1: All right, let's move on. Okay,
2: can I do one quick thing? Yeah, yeah, there? let's do it. So I had tweeted about this earlier today and just because it's I think we've talked a little bit about like how did the Celtics turn things around? Right. To get to the point where they're at, Mm -hmm. they are now first in defensive rating in uh, their first by a mile yeah. since the start of 2022 but this is season long uh so they're first in defensive rating they're first in opponent field goal percentage they're first in opponent two point percentage and they're the only team in the NBA holding opponents under 50 percent. On two pointers, mm-hmm. so that kind of tells you, you know, how dominant they've been in that end. And now, now after holding the Warriors, I think went four of twenty-four or something. Or like four of bad. It was bad. Whatever it was, it was it was really terrible from deep. Um, it was worse than four of twenty-four. But it was uh, they are now first in the NBA in three-point percentages, opponent three-point percentage as well. Uh, they are certainly not first in three-point percentage. They they do not shoot it anywhere near that well themselves. Um, but that's that's it. That's what's turned around mm-hmm. for the Celtics, and then the offense has improved enough that they've they've you know got that going. But yeah, it's it's you know you lock in on defense the way they are, you're gonna have a chance every single night, no matter who you're playing, just because that's gonna keep you in the games,
1: even if your offense is struggling. And here's what's was most impressive to me, and I think you know we talk about the NBA being a copycat league. If you were especially preseason, if you just sat down and you said the the Celtics starting five is Brown, Smart, Williams, Horford, and Tatum. What's going to happen on defense? I would say they're going to get spaced out. Somebody's going to pick on Horford. They're going to isolate him and, and pick on him. And they're going to take advantage of the lack of speed, having two bigs on the floor at the same time. And they're mm-hmm. going to get exposed from behind the three-point line that way. That's, that's how, if I'm coaching against them, that's how I'm attacking that, right? Is I'm trying to isolate the bigs, go at them, and then trying to find those open shots from the perimeter, that ideally your Williams or Horford won't be able to rotate out Mm -hmm. to. So being able to scheme around those things, I think it is particularly impressive. And you don't see a lot of NBA teams that try to do that. Now we're seeing more of the small ball Mm -hmm. fours out there uh, and, and sometimes even seeing small ball fives. And the Celtics have found a way to stay big and still not get exploited in the ways that I just described. So they they managed to solve those problems and still have that size advantage that that they've had, which is actually kind of similar to what the Lakers were able to do in 2019, 2020, when they won. They were able to to maintain a size advantage and still not get exploited by teams on the perimeter.
2: But it takes a big, like, Anthony Davis or, like, the way Al Horford is playing right now to do that. The other thing I'll say with the Celtics, to that point that you just made, is they also play big Almost the entire game. Mm -hmm. They do not start big and then close small. They regularly close with two bigs. Now, the second big is quite often Grant Williams, who's kind of more of a wing sized big, but the way he plays, his play style is more of that of a big, uh, still. So yeah, it's just you know they they've been making it work, and it's I mean last night's game showed just how good they can be when they're fully locked mm-hmm. in defensively because they they I mean the third quarter got crazy. Warriors are the best third quarter team in the league. They tend to blitz teams coming out of the locker room, and then its games are over quite often. But the way they locked in, it was it was pretty impressive.
1: Meanwhile, on my side of things, the Lakers' nightmare season continued last night. Patrick Beverly chirping at Russell Westbrook. They went after each other in the media a little bit afterwards. Uh, Patrick Beverly took to Twitter to talk about it. It got bad. And that was about as demonstrative as I've seen a team be in terms yeah. of like just trash-talking another another team, at least this season, in the modern era of the NBA anyway. But, uh, but then again, the Lakers didn't do anything really to... Put up a fight or no. stop the wolves or anything like that. They did there. As Lakers fans have come to call it the fake comeback, where they got to within four points and then immediately said, "Nope, nope, nope, just kidding," and gave back <laughs> all the points right back to the Grizzlies to lose by twenty, all within one quarter. <laughs> they had that. That's yeah. 20.
2: I mean, their defense is just so bad. They'd,
1: it's it's they're,
2: it they're is, not trying. I've said this. Yeah, it's and it's so jarring yeah. to see a Frank Vogel team defend that way, even as bad Orlando teams were more you know, connected and locked in on that. Cause they, they, they don't, it's, it's, I wish I knew who tweeted it, but somebody said, you never mind making the second and third effort. <laughs> they don't even make yeah. the first one, you know, on, on it. Yeah. It's, I, I, the last thing I'll say on the Lakers too, is it's more of a Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. thing. I am getting a little bit tired of the whole, you know, they don't have anybody over there who's ever done anything stuff and all of his kind of shtick that mm-hmm. he's going to now. Dude, you have talked junk to guys for years, and now you don't like it because it's getting thrown back at you. Like, sorry, like this isn't the fan stuff. That part's different. We already talked about that in length. You can go find that show. This is the other players. If you don't like it with when other players are talking trash, my man, play play (laughs) better. Did it for years. (laughs) Yeah, and yeah, that too. Right, play better. But like, that's I just. I, you know, miss me with that. I, I don't like, I don't want to hear any of I that. thought,
1: I thought Wolves fans were actually fairly savvy early in the game. The Wolves had really just fantastic transition defense. The Lakers actually got a turnover on the first possession of the game and the Wolves uh, got back. Everybody, just every Wolves player back into the paint, which led to a Russell Westbrook, uh 15 foot jumper. And the Minnesota crowd cheered on the release. They, because <laughs> yeah. they knew that was that's a win that's a win, yeah. and so I was like, right, "That's that, that is pretty that's smart. pretty smart." Um. Anyway, let's let's move on from our teams, though. Uh, well, I guess to tie in the Warriors, still, James Wiseman played in a couple of G League games. Uh, we, played pretty well. Yeah, too. we've been hearing, you know, hey, he's probably not going to be part of the rotation for the Warriors and things like that. But I mean, it, it never hurts to have an option. It never hurts to have an option. So having him play well, I think that's a good sign moving forward that he could at least be at least be somebody there that, look, if something happens with Kevon Looney or you want a different look or or whatever, Mm -hmm. That maybe you've got somebody you could turn to there.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: Yeah, in in forty two minutes over two games, uh, he got up twenty five shots. So clearly the directive was let's get James Wiseman some touches, because um, that's uh, that, that's pretty mm-hmm. impressive. I'm I'm jealous <laughs> of that as someone who who was a self styled shooter back in the day. Um, but yeah, sixteen and a half points per game, seven seven and a half rebounds in those two games, blocked three blocks and two games so a block and a half. Sounds like he might play another. Ah, uh, G League set uh, this weekend, and then we'll we'll see where it goes from there. But we're we're getting close to him playing in, in NBA games, which is unfortunately not something we can say for a couple other guys we're going to talk about in a little bit here.
1: Yeah, uh, I guess let's start there with uh, Doug McDermott out for the season, severe ankle sprain. We're we're hitting that point. This is that point of the year where now injuries lead to out for the rest yep. of the season because there just isn't that much of the season left. Exactly.
2: Yeah, if it's more than a week long mm-hmm. injury, generally two weeks is going to take you a couple days to get back, so that turns into three mm-hmm. weeks, and then yeah, we only get a little over three weeks to go in the year. So teams are starting to look at it and say, "All right, you're done. You shut down for the year." In uh, the Spurs, mm-hmm. though, like it feels like they're like if they push hard for like <laughs> rest of the way, maybe they could snag that you know a playing mm-hmm. spot. Like they're 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 there, but they just don't seem to really want it all that much
1: nope nope which is again that's that's been my sole confidence in the lakers hanging into the plan it's that the teams behind them aren't pushing that hard for for win yeah. right now definitely um the pacers are signing justin anderson to a 10-day contract justin and it feels like he's been around forever just kind of yeah. bouncing towards you know yep. bouncing around different teams but somebody who will get another look now with uh with the pacers and included in that pacers news tj warren He's now officially out for the season. So now we haven't seen him at all this season. He had that great run in Orlando in the bubble where he was just red hot. And we really haven't seen much of him since then.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I'm pulling it up right now to make sure I have it. Yeah, he played him four games. Uh, last last year, uh, played okay in those four games, then uh, then broke the foot, and then uh, yeah, and then he's been been out since then. And uh, the the release even says they decided with his uh, his people that it just is not worth it that it's not worth it for him to to come back and play because there just isn't a uh, it isn't isn't enough time for him to come back in a season that I think they, I'm going to paraphrase, but in a season where there's not going to be playoffs. It doesn't, does not make sense to bring him back. So, which I, I have a hard time arguing with. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they're pretty on that one.
1: In Ben Simmons news, kind of ominous from Woj, Ben Simmons back is so bad that he actually had to get an epidural. And mm-hmm. now they're just hoping he can get a few games in before the end of the season. That's, that's not, that's not great. I mean, I know there's not that many games yeah. left in the season, but still, that's concerning. That's where one minor set where you one minor setback away to no Ben Simmons this season, right? I mean, that's that's where we're at right now. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. And anytime it's a back mm-hmm. injury, these things can, I mean, just take it from me. I grew up with Larry Bird with right. back injuries, and it would be fine for months, and then it would go out, and then it would see it, you, you know, three months later, like it just was there. Oh, your Rams. Picking up
1: Allen Robinson. Oh. A hey, Rob, can so can he turn things little, around? He was yeah. brutal little, this last season. Yeah. A little break in there. Mm-hmm. We'll,
2: we'll you know, tune in to football chat later and you can get more of that that's so um still not ty montgomery though. Yeah. <laughs> that's a uh, pat's corner of the market on that one uh and then baker mayfield's requested a trade yeah <laughs> not surprisingly that. right you've tried to add 17 quarterbacks yep. this offseason not surprised he's like oh hey i'm good what does he do though who who takes ownership of of the stadium then
1: oh yeah right i mean all those i don't coach, know right? yeah. he could he could sublet yeah. it or something like that
2: again that's probably that's, that's true what yeah.
1: gonna do. that's what this so all right back to basketball
2: (laughs) um yeah i mean back to ben simmons i i i don't know what to make of this i i continue to believe if he can't get into games before the end of the regular season you just can't play him right you just you you, you're not going to be able to Mm -hmm. play him because i just can't see how you put him on the floor in the playing tournament or in the uh in the playoffs it just you know that seems like and I'm not poking fun at Ben Simmons. That's just crazy to make that your debut mm-hmm. with a team, especially when you've never played for that team before. And you're not. This is not a hey, run around some screens and take open jump shots guy, yeah. right? Where you know that's something you could do with a Seth Curry, right? If he was a uh, long term, you could say, hey, you're back, guy, right, run around and shoot jumpers. Uh, you know, you've got to really get him incorporated. And you know the the. Downside to this is the Nets lost last night. The Raptors won. So they're three and a half behind Toronto now for the seven. They're actually closer to Atlanta in the 10 at 11, 11 and a half games back. So it's not, you know, and not to beat a dead horse here, but Kyrie can only play in three more games in the regular season. So it's going to be tough for them the rest of the way. Oh, if
1: you're, if you're the Nets right now, as strange as it sounds, but the with how much time is left, you are rooting like crazy for a massive and they're already on a five game win streak but a massive Raptors win streak right now. So yeah. that they can Yeah, they, you want them to get on. You want yeah, Cleveland. You want them to pass Cleveland. You want and not and I'm yep. not saying Cleveland's an easy matchup. It's just because Kyrie could actually no. play in Cleveland. Yep. And that's 100%. Yep. So that's yep. what you're rooting for if you're the Nets right now. Um uh, yeah, the Raptors have the longest hey, win streak say- in the NBA right now. Uh
2: the mm-hmm. Raptors? 5 games? Yeah, yeah, 5 yep. games. Yep. Yeah, they've been playing really well.
1: Uh, one thing I'll say too
2: is because I'm seeing this from fans up and down the Eastern Conference, like where where do we want to be seated? It's I mean, let's talk in two more mm-hmm. weeks, like, and then maybe we'll start to have some idea. At that point, it's just it's too jumbled. Like it's not you know because then then you get into you know all right, dude who do we want in the first round and what side of the bracket do we want the nets on? And what about the box? You know, I don't, I don't want to be on that one. I don't want to be on the Sixers side either. Like, well, where is this going? So let's, you know, let's, let's regroup. We'll come back to this in a couple weeks, but it's uh yeah, it's uh, i mean, the East is still, I mean, it's, it's tight between the box who are second and the bulls who are now fifth because Boston passed them two and a half games. Separating all those teams, just two games in the loss column. So, you know, those middle seeds looking pretty, pretty yeah. tight.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Knicks signed Farron Hunt, and they wave to a two-way contract. Wave Lucas Simonic. I mean, it, teams right now are just kind of shuffling some pieces at this point, seeing what they've mm-hmm. got for the end of the season, and and doing some things here. And sometimes, like we've seen with the Miami Heat, sometimes these late-season moves can matter. Most yeah. of the time, they don't wind up being a huge deal.
2: Yeah, and, and Simonich got hurt and has not um, played in an um, uh, NBA game this season. So he,
1: he's out for, for a while with this. So, you know, so that's kind of where that is. Let's finish up with this. Speaking of the Knicks, uh, Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report mentioned that essentially what happened, and we heard all about this, especially on the, the Lakers side, we heard a ton about this, uh, this three-team deal that was brewing between the Raptors, the Knicks, and the Lakers that would have involved Taylor Horton-Tucker going to the Toronto Raptors, which, yes, that's tons of irony there. Uh, Goran Dragic would have gone over to the Knicks. Uh, Nerlands Noel would have gone to the Raptors. There's some other pieces in there. Alec Burks going to the Lakers, things of that nature. But the bottom line is that we heard that there were some reasons why that trade didn't actually happen, that it was pretty close to getting done, but that some draft pick issues came up where teams couldn't ad- agree on what draft picks were going to be included in. And Jake Fisher gives us a little bit more detail says it was the Knicks who could not who wanted more they wanted more in terms of draft picks. And then an Eastern Conference executive told him that the Knicks are always trying to squeeze out an extra second round pick here and an extra second round pick there. And apparently that was enough for the uh, the other parties in the deal to just say, you know what, forget it, we're out. And we're done yeah
2: yeah all accounts yeah like you said no matter who is coming from there they're uh pushing for more and draft picks and everything else and uh it sounds like the other teams are like no we're good with the way it's structured right now and if i was the knicks it's not hey it's hard right because i get it but you would have gotten out of some salary obligation mm-hmm. past this season uh just by taking on Dragic, who's you know definitely would have helped them mm-hmm. this year especially with uh you know now it all happened after but all the guys who went down point guard wise but that's also assuming Dragic would have been happy to be there now i would hope right because he went to the uh um the nets. nets he would have been okay playing playing for the next but 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 we'll see so it's uh you know it's 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 I mean, it's, uh, I guess we won't see. We'll never yeah. know um, on that one. I shouldn't have said that, but it is It is what it is. This is a, you know, it's kind of, kind of a mess here. And, you know, the, there we go. I,
1: I should mention the other pieces. I mean, the main piece that Lakers fans were excited about was Cam Reddish. That would have been going to LA. Yeah. And then uh, it would have been Dragic and Toronto's 2022 first to the Knicks. You know, when I look at this, so we heard Toronto connected to a number of different centers um miles turner was another one that they were they were reportedly looking at jacob pertle it's this kind of stuff it didn't go down don't erase it from your memory right like dragic mm-hmm. went elsewhere and all of that but just just kind of keep in mind these pieces and what these teams were looking for and all of that it may end up being nothing but it also could become yep. something again this summer when teams start talking trade once more
2: yeah that's a great point and if the knicks are not sold on giving cam reddish an extension mm-hmm. which it's hard to know there right obviously tibbs was not a fan and didn't really want to play him all that much but the front office maybe and that could be one of those things where that's just a you know difference and they both they eventually say hey all right we we're on the team so you know you may not be here so we're going to sign him anyway but if they tip soured on that and keeping them, that's very easy when you could see, you know, where they link mm-hmm. back up with probably the Raptors are probably out of it at that point because because, you know, drug is no longer right. in the in the mix. But but maybe the Knicks and the Lakers get back at it and talk about, hey, you know, what, what do you think about, you know, Burks and Reddish for for this? And, you know, go go from there. And, so and, you know, and maybe, I, I don't think maybe it. you
1: throw in a Russell Westbrook and you call it good. You call it good. Did was Zac, just going to say, Lester. it's
2: not going to be Russell Westbrook, and you did it. Oh, I'm so mad. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. You can take back in Evan Fournier yeah. and uh, Alec Burns. Let's and, do uh, it. You know, yeah. I mean, if if that happened, th- we're not doing any more shows. I'm done, because then it's just, you know, not anything we talk about and say it's not going to happen, people will just throw it in our faces for <laughs> my face forever. <laughs> it's just, you know, but, yeah, I mean, now, I – I would laugh pretty hard if that's how that, that went, went down. I, I'm telling you, man, I've had more conversations with people about what's going to happen with Westbrook yeah. this summer than almost any other thing. Like there there's, you know, just if you guys follow me, you know, over at spot track, I've been doing a series of contract stuff for guys who are free agents or extension eligible. Um, and I'll talk to people, and then invariably it goes to, "What do you think is going to happen with Westbrook?" You know, and that leans into a whole bunch of you know conversation and stuff. I I truly feel I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. He's not going to be on the Lakers, but I have no idea where yeah. in the heck he might be next I, year. I I don't think it'll be the
1: next. I, I think what's going to be really fascinating is where is he year after next? What yeah. happens when he doesn't have a contract anymore? Cause we're yeah, what kind? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, like if he, if his play style can't adjust, if that's just what he is and his play style can't adjust at all, I mean, we could be looking at a Carmelo situation potentially, where teams aren't willing to take the chance on him unless he's a you know maybe a veteran minimum guy or something. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I would think he'll get the mid level or something from somebody, but but then I try to find a landing spot. It's that's tough.
2: I kind of wonder if he just retires. He could. He just says, "I'm done." You know, I don't. I mean, he's got outside interests. He clearly doesn't need any more money. He's made you know more than enough money, and you know, he may just say, "I've had enough of all this. Like, I don't, I don't need to do it anymore." I mean, not. And I'm not saying he's going to do that before this year. Yeah, right. Uh, this coming no. season, he's that's he's going to get
1: that you know? that 47 yeah, million yeah, for sure. He's yeah, not. Tar- that, you're not turning that 47 million
2: down. is happening. Yeah, that's not going yeah. anywhere. But yeah, once that contract runs out. It be hard for guys to Don't want to go down that path of you yeah. know hey, I was a max guy it was a superstar and now I'm taking you know part of the mid level or the mid level or you know God forbid a minimum mm-hmm. some guys are they're too proud for that and they're like No, I'm out you know we'll we'll see I mean may, maybe maybe next year he gets somewhere else and he has a bounce back year and then everybody talks themselves into you know hey, Russell Westbrook looks pretty good sure you know I mean we'll we'll see because hey, next I've- year you're right he's kind of going to be playing for his career a little
1: bit next season. I mean, it happened at one point. We thought Chris Paul was done, and now and look where things yeah. are now. So you, I mean, you never know. You never know. Just say yeah. we'll we'll see where things go from here. But yep. in adaptability
2: any event, is key, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Well,
2: what's Billy Bean saying? One of our favorite uh, favorite movies, Moneyball. Uh, adapt, adapt or, or die. die.
1: Adapt or die. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's a good spot to leave it off. Make sure that you do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. And of course, subscribe over on Apple Podcasts. Leave us that five-star review, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe.